Well, hello and welcome to Pastors on Pop. Today we are talking the Dobbs decision with Mississippi and the Supreme Court, and uh, this is going to be an exciting day, so I'm glad that you're joining us. Hello, James. Matt, good to be here. Good to be here, as always. Hey, I have a, a question starting off for you today. And I haven't heard this you yet. You haven't actually so I'm heard really this nervous yet. Out so, of this shoot. so, today I found out that if you want customer service from Frontier, you have to pay extra. What do you think about that? I, so, I'm not a customer. That, <laughs> that ticks me off. <laughs> so, today I was buying some tickets. I'm doing uh, uh, a wedding for yeah. my niece. Uh, I am officiating her and her fiance's wedding in November, and so I'm buying tickets on Frontier, and you know, putting it all in, and you know, they're they're getting pretty expensive these days, yeah. and so I'm going through, and you know, on Frontier, it's like, and listen, Frontier is a Denver airline, right? Like I want them to succeed, but sometimes they make I, it hard. But sometimes I just <laughs> yes, so you know, it's like you want to pick your seat. No, are you sure? Yes, you know, like here's all of the different prices for the different bags. You want to bring a backpack on? That's going to be sixty dollars. You know, whatever. Are you clothed? Yeah. So you got to go through all that. And then it's like, do you want insurance? No, I don't want insurance. And then it was, and then it was, if you would like to talk to a customer agent at the desk, click this button and we'll charge you $10 per person, or you can use our self check-ins for free. (laughs) I was like, wow, we have reached an absurdity in the, uh, in our culture where now you have to pay extra for customer service. Yeah, gosh. Well, and and it it equates to the our new our new thing in Colorado where everything you order from Amazon or anywhere else it's twenty seven cents. Yes, I noticed that. I had all these charges last month because it was Prime Days. So they so they're like the government, like they're finding creative ways <laughs> to right. like milk twenty seven extra cents. What is that for? Uh, it's supposed to go to like roads and for okay. because all the Amazon vehicles that are that are uh, driving around Thornton. Yeah, like that they're going to do damage to the roads that the state now needs that money back. Well, I've obviously put in a dollar 50 so far. So <laughs> I feel like I'm feel like I'm doing my part. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I got a pothole in my neighborhood. They can take care of. It's been there for 2 years. So <laughs> Well, we will see how culture shapes out that way. Uh, Today, we wanted to talk about the Dobbs decision. And so we're not really going to be talking too much about like pop culture today. Yeah. Uh, But this was a pretty big event that um, that went down. Uh, The Dobbs decision, we kind of knew what was coming because of the total immoral leak that happened out of the Supreme Court. Uh, So we kind of knew it was coming. But on June 24th uh, of this year, the Dobbs ruling out of the Supreme Court basically overturned 50 years of judicial uh, law with Roe versus Wade, and then also Casey versus uh, Planned Parenthood also went away. And really, the decision came down to is that it's no longer uh, federally allowed. Abortions are no longer federally allowed, but they are actually pushed towards and into the states. Correct. Yeah. And so um, on that Friday, uh, do you remember kind of where you were at? This is like one of those moments, like I think that we're going to remember where we were at, kind of like 9-11, like I can tell you where I was at yeah, when I heard no the news. Doubt. Um, I think for our generation, this will be something similar. So where were you? I was at, ho- at home uh, working on my laptop, and I got the little news feed, and I yelled to my wife upstairs because she's always on talk radio, and yeah. she, listens, she still listens to Seattle talk radio, okay. which is really <laughs> bad. Right. So I asked her, I said, hey, babe, did you hear the news? And she was like, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world in Seattle. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> sure it, was, it was Meltdown City up there. Oh, like fre- freaking out. Yeah, but, but just, just the reality of like – the processing opportunity with our kids, explaining mm-hmm. what what actually happened. Yeah, uh, because yeah. even even as it came out, the the idea that 
it's pushed back to a state level decision. Yeah. Um, was not actually communicated well. No, no, it was not at all. Like, like abortions are still legal in states that choose to. Excuse so, yeah. some, for most of you, it hasn't changed anything. Right, right. But Although it was changing quickly. But it, but it wasn't communicated that way out of the shoot. No, no. So Sarah and I, when we heard about it, we were actually on our way back from the Bahamas. So. Uh, we went and celebrated our 20th anniversary, yeah. and uh, it was in the Baha- we were in the Bahamas for a week. It was a really great trip, and so we were on the way back, and we were in uh, Nassau's airport, yeah. and we were actually in line for Quiznos, and so there was this kind of this like you know really packed in food court uh, when the decision came down. And so there was a group of people just in front of us in Quiznos. And then, like, there was a McDonald's, like, to the left. <laughs> and uh, the lady who got the ticker feed, uh, like, shouted to her mom in this, like, New York accent who's standing in McDonald's. And it's like, hey, Rover's Way just got overturned. And all of a sudden, there was, like, this, like, animosity and anger. Like, they could, like they were besides themselves. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the very same time, there was people sitting down eating. I don't know where they were from. But there was this huge cheer like of among like 10, 12 people. And all of a sudden, like I looked at Sarah and it was like, we were, we were clearly right in the middle of like the culture war yeah. in the Bahamas. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, all these yeah. American tourists coming wow. back from their vacation and uh, there's cheers and disgruntledness and the tension you could just kind of feel rising. And I thought, man, we might like actually see a fight today totally. in this, but everybody was, you know, <laughs> we're, in the, we're in paradise. Everybody's like, ah, just get another shipwreck. You'll be fine. Right. So, um, but uh, yeah, so that's where we were at yeah. when all of this went down. And so, um, you know, as you heard it, what were some of like your initial thoughts and, and feelings? You know, we're both pastors of a church. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, we're a church that stands on the side of life. And we'll talk what more about that means in a yeah. few minutes. But personally for you, what did it what did that decision look like? What what internal processing did you go through when that happened? When you heard it? Yeah. I mean, uh, personally, I mean, I'm a pro a pro a pro life. And I so I was I was a thankful yeah. that that that. Uh, that estates have that right again, um, and it's ultimately an individual's mm-hmm. pr- uh, choice, right? But um, but the the initial place I went was a fear, or a, a concern in what people will say and do in fear, mm. because historically, especially this subject, like on both sides of it, uh, people who do not believe in God, or or some some spiritual force, and then for Christians. And there, there's been horrific things done and said on both sides. Yeah. And obviously, with the last couple of years, like, like our emotional and social intelligence as human <laughs> beings has dropped so much. It was like I don't know it's what kind of actually falling off a cliff. Seriously. <laughs> right. So like we used to have some control. Yeah. And we still did bad things. Right. So it's like, what's going to happen when there's no and the, all the platforms that we have today that we we didn't you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. So just, just a fear of kind of how is this going to spill out into social media and literally into the mm. streets? Yeah. And what, what stupidity are human beings going to do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I heard about it and, and kind of started processing it myself, there was a bit of, um, you know, like a very small bit of celebration, yeah. you know, that no longer is this uh, kind of nationally mandated. And, um, and I really thought, like, in terms of celebration, like, it was a real win for the Constitution. I mean, this yeah. is what our Tenth Amendment is all about, that anything that's not stated in the Constitution gets pushed onto the states. And so it was a real win for yes. our constitutional government. But then immediately I started thinking, like, in the context in which we live here in Colorado, that much isn't going to change here. Like, you know, we're not going to be one of the states like Oklahoma, who's 
like banned at all. Yeah. Um, like that's not the reality that we live in a pretty libertarian state, I think. And, uh, and so what you want to do is right in your own eyes is kind of the way that Coloradoans act. And so I don't see that there's a lot. And so there's been actually a lot of conversation we've had and uh, quite a few people that I've had to answer in just um, why we didn't say anything as a church. Oh, yeah. And, and that was a strategic and intentional decision for us. And it wasn't because we were scared to stand on life. We've preached messages in the past. Just a year ago, we preached yeah. a message on life. And so it's not that we're afraid to stand on cultural issues. Uh, it was that um, there wasn't much to say in the context in which we live. Like, yes. like um, practically nothing's actually changed for us mm -hmm. in this state. And so walking down that road and, you know, politically, we try to be very careful because here in our church, um, we have Republicans, we have Democrats, uh, we have Libertarians, you know, we have Independents. And uh, not while they're all equal, they are all here. Yeah. And uh, we come together around the unity of Christ, and we can have the conversation about other issues. And uh, for me, as we kind of walk through this, it was like, I just don't know at this point uh, what saying anything is actually going to bring to the table uh, for people, which is part of now that it's been um, almost exactly a month yes. since the decision. Yeah. Uh, we have this podcast where you and I can kind of have some conversation about what it looks like and, you know, publicly, I guess, be on the record for this. So, <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to the whole issue, like one of the things that you and I were talking about was just um, even how the language that's used is so inflammatory. Oh, my gosh. You know, and the words that are used from pro-choice to pro-life. And you had some good thoughts on that. You want to you want to share those? Yeah, I mean, and 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 a media has really taught us how to how to use words as as weapons. Yeah, so much. So I mean, even even all the way back to pro life and pro choice. Well, pro life people actually value human choices. Yes, right. Like we don't want people to be enslaved. Yeah, we want them to have the choice of. Um, and pro-choice people actually believe in in life, mm -hmm. and 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 from their perspective, they they are preserving and protecting a life. Yes. But the language and where it all came to a head for me, I, I was uh, reading an article and it had this picture of a group of people and this big banner that in black and white that said, abortion is a human right. Yeah. And like, and I read it and I was like, that's so stupid. It was like, it, for who? Yeah. Like for one what? of you. Right. I mean, it's like saying genocide yeah. potentially, right, yep. is a human right. It's like to the one in control, yeah. yes, but but the absurdity of that kind of a statement, or even um, the highest person in office in our country, right, yes, yeah. said it's a constitutional right. Yeah, and it was like, wow, mm. um, you're you're kind of twisting life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Yes, but you're actually stating something that is not constitutionally true. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 abortion's not. You can't find that word it, totally. in the constitution. Yeah, so so the the the. The stupidity, or the, or the, if, if it's not stupidity, it, it scares me that people are wickedly intelligent mm. and smart about the words that they're using, and that's actually more dangerous to me. Yeah. Hey, my name is Matt Manning, and I am the senior pastor here at Crossroads Church, and hopefully you are loving what you're listening to today. If you are, we would love for you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a comment. We read all of them. And if you like it, we'd love for you to share this with a friend. Every week we get together as a church to celebrate what God is doing, and you can join us every Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 online, 
or in-house. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, I think from a political standpoint, you know, as I'm, I've been thinking through it is that like I'm grateful because I think that the courts have turned uh, maybe a little bit recently and that they're not like the super legislative branch, right? Like what couldn't get done in uh, in Congress was ultimately ruled upon in the courts, both on the right and the left. Yeah. I think the left have used it a lot better uh, yeah. you know, a lot more strategically than the right has, but both sides have done that. And what this court's decided is we're not gonna we're not gonna be the super legislative branch of the government anymore. We're gonna we're gonna rule on the laws that you put in place. So Congress, if you want this, yes. you go ahead and do it. Yes. Um, and I think from that political standpoint, it was um, Augustine who said that politics is really the expression of neighborly love. Mm-hmm. That's what politics is. And I think that from this abortion issue, like you're looking at a at a situation of an unwanted pregnancy. Uh, right. And, and the conversation in that is women's health versus life of a baby. And on both sides, if we stepped back into the argument and said, James, you know, as a pro-life person, are you for women's health? You would say, absolutely. Like I have a wife and a daughter, like, like I want my, the women in my life and every woman to, to have an opportunity at, at what health looks like in a first world country. And so it's like the whole trying to polarize us is just you know, so, oh man, it just gets my blood boiling. (laughs) Just the trying to wiggle in and the language that's used and and all of that kind of stuff. And so um, we could talk a long time about uh, that side of things, but I think really for our podcast today, maybe to really focus on like, what does it look like as Christians to respond to this? So beyond the political, beyond, you know, pro-choice, pro-life, what does it actually look like um, for us to respond to this issue? And I think that um, one of the most important things in responding to this issue of uh, going on is to realize like who the real enemy is. Mm. And you know, Paul wrote in Ephesians that our battle in this world is not against flesh and blood. Like, yeah. like other people are not the enemies. Um, that the enemies are the principalities of the spiritual world. That it's Satan, right? I mean, Jesus said that Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. And um, from the very beginning in Genesis chapter three, right, we have the fall. And then the very next story out of that is these two brothers and one of the brothers killing the other brother. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, life is no longer sacred, right? There's this, this culture of death that enters into the world. And then you have Lemelech who's carrying around his wives right on chains, and he's singing a song about how many people he's killed. And then you uh, move into the story of Noah and there's this death everywhere, and you have that just horrific verse, most horrific verse in all of the Bible, that God looks down on creation, and he says, I'm sorry that I've made them. Yeah. And that moment all the time is like this, just this, this like, my God, what have we done? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That humanity has gone down this path of sin, and where this culture of death has, has entered in. And then what we do as humans is we go, well, then you're the enemy. Yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden we think that that you know the enemy is is you know the person that is for us, right, as pro-life people, that the enemy's pro-choice. Yes. And it's like not biblically. Mm-hmm. Like biblically um humanity is either free or captives. You're either living free in Christ or you're a captive to Satan. And so um you know if if there's a person who's not a believer and they're pro-choice in this, like, they're not my enemy. 
right? Like Satan's my enemy. He's the one bringing in the culture of death. And, and even if they're a believer and they're pro-choice, mm -hmm. then like the way that we would read the scriptures, we would say that they're just blind to the scriptures, but still they're not my enemy. Yes, like, exactly. Like I think that it's so proper for us to put that into, into context. Well, and uh, for me, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I, and I, th I think there's, there's a missing skill mm. that, that we have, like, like, uh, like in in most business or pastoral situations, right? Like, like if I step into a, an office for a meeting or I make a phone call, um, oftentimes I'll just check my head for a second, like who am I talking to, and like you know, like are there things going on, going on with their kids? Like where where are they health wise? And so I can answer because empathy doesn't come easy for me, like yeah. pr probably a lot of guys. But I've I've grown in my ability to exercise some disciplines yes like before i walk in here okay i know how that guy's last two weeks have been so i'm going to ask about it yeah right and and it, it kind of sucks that i have to actually discipline myself to do that <laughs> right. but the fact that i realize it is a good thing yeah and i just think that's missing in so many because 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 when when you don't look at the individual and you mm -hmm. look at the cause or for a, a lot of christians where it goes astray is it's it's verse and chapter yeah and it's like, and and now you're holding on to that like 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 the trump card. Yeah. And instead of like, this person is scared. Mm -hmm. They're in a situation. They're they're looking for um, advocates. Yeah. They're looking for resolution. They're looking for options. Yeah. And you're the last person in the world. Yeah. To does it make sense? So absolutely. So the the. The, the spiritual and the relational discipline of how do I wade in? And if you're too emo emotionally hot, don't walk in the room. Mm -hmm. Does it make sense? Absolutely. I mean, and, and we've, uh, we've, we've had those situations like, I, I just can't talk to that person right now. I need to pray and kind of let God calm me down mm -hmm. so I can be rational and present. Yeah. And I just think like, like on this issue and so many others like that, that uh, that's a missing thing on, on both sides of the equation. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you and I have talked about is when it comes to the abortion issue, one of the things that is so infuriating to us is uh, the lack of responsibility of a man in the life of a child. Yeah. That a part of this whole issue uh, starts to bubble up because men aren't being men, right? They're not being men in their relationships with yeah. this woman and honoring her as someone as God, uh, as, a, as a creature of God, in the image of God. And then when she's pregnant... Uh, if she does decide to have the baby, oftentimes the man takes off yeah. and has no responsibility in that child's yeah. life, um, which is just terrible. And so you have young women or older women um, who are having, you know, getting pregnant out of wedlock and there's no man to support her. Like the options undoubtedly feel pretty limited. I, 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 can, I can only imagine the, 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 the feeling of that and, and feeling trapped. Like, the, the closest I come to it, uh, years ago when I was a pretty new Christian, somebody's invited me to this uh, rally for pro-life thing. And I, yeah. I honestly went because my friends were going. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I already had my beliefs about abortion and my, my views on that. But I went, and because I'm tall, yeah. uh, this woman walked up to me and said, if I had a baby here today, could I put her in your arms and you would yeah. take care of her? And my off-the-cuff response was like, well, I wouldn't know what to do with her. Yeah. And it's like, exactly. Now you're mm -hmm. starting to know what it feels like to be in that situation. Yeah. And it, 
it jarred me because I realized there was a sea of people standing up for something, yeah. but we weren't actually standing up for the holistic reality. Yeah. It was like after that baby's born, like, like, well, no, I, I work and I mountain bike and I hang out with my buddies. Like, yeah. I don't have room for a baby. <laughs> it's yeah, right. it's like, right. like, it was a no brainer to me. Yes. And it was like, oh my gosh, it's like, maybe we need to. Yeah, there was a friend of mine who who goes to this church who told me that if Christians cared as much about life after birth as they did before birth, that this yeah. world would be a lot better place. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to our response and, and what does it look like to respond as believers to an issue like this, that um, that we have to, when we talk about being pro-life, we actually mean all of life, mm-hmm. you know, from conception to death is is what we care about. And that for us, life cannot be simply the issue of abortion. Yeah, it's we we want every little child in a womb to be born. Yeah. Um, but what does it look like for us to really actually come alongside afterwards, and to be about all of life, where human flourishing is happening? I mean, that is such a huge part of the scripture. Yeah. Is that part of our role in the world is to bring about flourishing for all humans, believers and non. Yeah. In that, and so what does that look like? And you know, at Crossroads, we've taken that really seriously. Um, you know, we partner with My Choice Pregnancy Center and Life Choice Pregnancy Center. So two of the the pregnancy centers who um, help women with diapers and clothes and ultrasounds and medical services and all of that. And then really after uh, after birth happens, for us, uh, there's real engagement there. You know, we're uh, just gave $30,000 last week yeah. to save our youth, yeah. which is to come alongside uh, teenagers who are struggling um, and who are at risk. So what does it look like to enter into those families' lives? Uh, we're working on a partnership with Beyond Home, which is largely single moms, yeah. and going, how do we help you get affordable housing, food, uh, you know, insurance, education, so that you can be self-sufficient in, in your life? We have work with Alternatives for Youth, which is a, um, a program for those who are aging out of foster care, you know, those who don't have a mom and a dad. Yeah. And um, what does it look like to then help them legally after that? And so we've tried to, and that's just a few off the top of my head, really provide and partner with services after life that are go, this is, this is bigger yes. than yeah. just baby being born or not. Well, and, and I think, and I think most, most uh, churches, in addition to Crossroads, like there, there are so many things that they do to actually support families. Yeah. And, but because our lead voice is the critical voice. Yeah. Our culture doesn't even think of the resource. Like, like, like I, I, I realized a years ago how like our kids and your kids, like they, they grew up in church. They learned how to separate from from you and Sarah yeah. by going to a Sunday school class, mm-hmm. being separated from mom. They realized they didn't die. Yes. <laughs> they they had other people guide them, maybe discipline them a little uh-huh. bit. They had structure. You have people within the walls of a church to talk to yeah. when when you're at your wits end. And I mean, and and the the list goes on and on. Like 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 most churches have all those those resources. Yes. But our culture does not see the church as a resource. I mean, we like just participating in a church yeah. will will boost your parenting abilities with having advocates, having resources, having people in your corner. Yeah. And yet we don't have that perception yeah. because of m- maybe the misuse of our voice yes. because we lead so aggressively against one cause. So we, we lose the war mm-hmm. by maybe winning a battle. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that actually brings 
brings it around to kind of the third response of us as Christians is the radical love. Yeah. I think that part of the reason that all of what you just said is true and that the culture doesn't see the church as a place for family um, and all the resource that we provide within the church, not even with our partnerships, yeah. right? It's because we actually don't lead with love. You know, like as we read the scriptures, there is a radical love that Christians are supposed to have uh, in this world that costs us socially, right, financially, um, you know, with our influence in this world. And it's like, am I willing to leave, lead my life with that kind of love? Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, the answer is, you know, like, I like being saved. I like yeah. that I'm, knowing, I'm going to heaven when I die. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to fight for that woman to have a baby. Yeah. Um, but, like, am I willing to, to come alongside a child and see that child, you know, to, to an adult? You know where there's this, where they're a self-sustaining adult in this in this world. Well, and and a Jesus laid down his life for us, and what what would it look like for us to lay down our lives for others? And yeah. I mean, even like even my a story about my early twenties, like what would have happened mm. if in my early twenties, single guy, if I would have adopted a kid? Yeah. Like, what would my life today look like? Right. If if I would have said I'm a follower of Jesus and you know, I'm probably not going to mountain bike yeah. as much, or I'm going to wait till they're old enough to ride, and I'm going to teach them how to ride bikes because it's yeah. awesome, yeah. right? <laughs> but like, but like, what what would my life have looked like, mm. and what would my life look like if if I respond as a Christian? Yes. To I I need to prayerfully and creatively lay my life down for others. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's not even church initiatives. Then it's the army of Christians that are just being animated by God to go do wildly loving things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that Sarah and I have talked about, like on the other end of, you know, seeing the holistic of life is uh, once our once our boys and probably even Mercy are out of the house of really becoming like a shelter for um, for trafficked young ladies. Yeah. Because they can't put them anywhere that oftentimes they take them out of what they know and the state that they live and they have to transform and put them in a home. Yeah. And Sarah and I have just had the conversation like, what would it look like to to open our home in that way. And, you know, there's a scary part of that in those yeah. conversations because you are inviting into your house a whole ton of issues Yes, um, into it. And yet at the same time, really have, you know, thought about that and prayed about that uh, in it. And I, and I just go back constantly to, like, the early church made just such a huge difference in the culture because of their stance on life. Mm-hmm. And so one of my favorite, like, quotes in, <laughs> in all of history is actually Constantine. We know what Constantine did for Christianity and the Roman Empire. But his dad was a pagan, and his dad wanted to put an end to Christianity. So the plagues are happening and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he wants to put an end, and he looks at one of his advisors, and he says, how are we ever going to win against the Christians? They're just so kind. <laughs> like, they're willing to go in and face death and hardship. Yeah. You know, that they, while all of society was running around away from those who were dying of the plagues, the Christians were running in and going, you know, if I can serve this person, help them, and if it costs me my life, then I'm willing to do it. And the people in the society yeah. looked at it and just were like, 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 who are these people? Yeah. And it was just this radical love that, um, that permeated from the early church that ultimately actually changed the world. And, and, and that, that kind of action and activity, it, it has a converse effect on the individual, right? Because, because like, I get stressed out a lot about things that are like above my pay grade. Yeah. Not here. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Good <laughs> boss. Good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but like, like big problems that I just can't solve because I'm not in the room. Does yeah. it make sense? And, and, 
But when there's something tangible mm. that I can actually do, yeah. and I can say, yeah, I didn't fix it, but I made one person's life better, yeah. or I, I tidied up this one thing, like what's within my realm, yeah. I I exercise energy, and 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 Absolutely. and that that let that helps me sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Where like we're being driven by causes and all these, you know, I mean, like. I bet the Hillsborough Baptist people don't sleep well. Yeah. Oh, Westboro? Westboro? Westboro. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hillsboro's probably in Kentucky. Hillsboro, yeah, you guys are probably okay. <laughs> Westboro, Kansas. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, as, our, as we kind of walk through this, I think our response is, you know, what does, what does the radical love require of me? Yeah. Like, today when I wake up, and I have on my phone um, just this quote, like, what does love require of me today? Mm. And if we thought first about that issue... And then we looked at the issue of life as not just, you know, birth, but actually all of life. And then we realized that our enemy is not humanity, but actually Satan. And we got on our knees and started praying. I think that God would honor that us as believers uh, in a way that would that would change society where we're not cheering little victories. No, but yeah. we're seeing God move. And and what would the cultural response if 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 the church functioned like that? So yeah. where uh, someone someone gets pregnant. They don't know what to do, but their first thought is, if I have this baby, this baby, and if I just cling to Christians, yes, it'll be okay. Mm. Yeah, uh, like, I mean, what, what, what a different picture! Like, they will stand in my corner because that's just who they are. Yeah. Well, I do want to thank you for being on the program today, and uh, you know, this is probably a conversation that we'll continue yeah. uh, to have in the future in this, but we wanted to take a chance today really just to uh, express what our views were, how we've been processing this, uh, what it looks like from two pastors, and how we're leading our church uh, through this issue, and so hopefully you've enjoyed this today. Uh, we'll catch you next time. 